first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Calista Best from Los Angeles, California. And today we will be talking with some special guests from Mr. Iglesias Part 3, a Bennett song holiday, and, re- and we will be reviewing Mosul, Netflix's Selena, Wild Mountain Time, and Inside Pixar. First, we will be interviewing Benjamin about the movie Mosul. So what is this movie about? Sure. So it's, um, there's this SWAT team in... The city of Mosul, which has just sort of been like ravaged by uh, ISIS forces. And this is partially inspired by uh, an article about the the SWAT team at the center of it. It, it is based in reality. And there's oh. this rookie cop named Kawa who becomes a part of the group after they save him um, in the middle of an ambush. They're on a mission, but he doesn't really know, and they won't tell him what it is. Yeah, I feel like if I say too much more, it'd be uh, giving away some pretty key stuff. Ah, so it's one of those movies. I get it. Yeah, not necessarily. Don't don't go in expecting twists, but um, it's it's got some tricks up its sleeve. Mm-hmm. So, uh, how was the acting in this film? As it sounds like a very dramatic and uh you know dark film uh yeah it's 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 dark certainly but it is more action oriented but there are still some good performances like the leader of the SWAT team uh Colonel Jossum I mm-hmm. I'm blanking on who they got to play him but uh sorry <laughs> he did a <laughs> phenomenal job he's just a very he's got a lot of presence and you're supposed to and I found it he, he you find him very believable as someone who could bring all these people together and keep them together, especially in the face of so much conflict. And mm-hmm. Well, that's good to hear. I feel like, especially with, you know, films tackling this heavy subject matter, you would probably need a really good cast. And on that note, who would you say was your favorite actor in this film? Suhail Dabak, who plays Colonel Jassim, favorite actor in the movie, easily. I think he certainly gets to... The, the movie has some moments where it dumps some exposition on you, and I thought he really nailed that, and I think that's probably a pretty challenging thing, is making basic information interesting. Yeah, I definitely think that's one of the biggest pitfalls that writers end up dealing with. Uh, what was your favorite scene in this film? It's not necessarily that it's hard to choose, but I feel like if I were the scene I would choose for the reason, the reason I would choose one of my favorite scenes in the film applies to a lot of the different scenes in the film. I think all the action sequences in this are fantastic. I think they're super visceral, but it's all, it's never like glamorized or anything. You know, it puts you in the heat of battle, but there's always a kind of wariness to each encounter with the enemy forces because you know, like someone is probably going to die. And I appreciate that the members of the SWAT force feel like people. (laughs) So when you lose one of them, it's not like, it's not, it's more damage. It's a real loss. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not pawns, which I feel like is something action movies can run into sometimes. Um, oh, there's, yeah. There's a commitment to showing these people as humans. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. You know, I think especially with films like this that are not really, like, you know, the tackle things that are a bit more relatable to us, like, when the action in this film is against, like, stuff that people are going through, like, right now. I'm not entirely sure if I'm portraying this as well as I am in my head, but, you know, I think when you have an action film that's kind of themed around reality in a way, I definitely think that you kind of need to have that, that it, it kind of needs to be more down to earth and you kind of need to have that connection to the characters. Yeah. It keeps it grounded. And that's what I liked the most about it. Mm-hmm. Now this film is the first ever Iraqi spoken uh, movie produced by Netflix. So uh, how easy was it to get immersed in this film? And was it easy to understand? Cause I know for some people uh, it's kind of hard to really like get involved in the movie when you uh, can only understand it through subtitles. I'm an anime fan, so I understand the struggle. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think you're right. Like, people's mileage varies on that stuff. Uh, I can't speak for other people and their relationship with subtitles. But, um, no, I, I don't think it ever really took me out. And the movie does its best to immerse you. I was saying in my review, uh, when I've been, when, you know, you can really only watch things at home now. It was it was mm-hmm. really nice to get a movie that is this built on immersion and mm-hmm. uh, really putting you in the thick of it, which I uh, I liked a lot, and I think that's accomplished um, mostly through the filmmaking. The the one of the pitfalls of maybe its steadfast approach to immersion is sometimes in the action sequences, just because you're getting all these different perspectives, you do lose. Mm-hmm it loses focus on what's going on. But yeah, overall I thought, and then I think I read something from the filmmaker in a Q and a after that there were moments where you're not supposed to, re- uh, there are subtitles. There are no subtitles on purpose, but um, as far as I can recall, that doesn't happen too often. And so for the final question, what is your age rating and star rating for this film? Sure. Uh, I'm going to give it four out of five. This is a movie I really enjoyed. I didn't know a ton going in. Other than it's produced by the Russo brothers who did both of the Avengers movies and Captain America Mm -hmm. and their production company. But Mm -hmm. I was really impressed with it on a technical level. And I think it still hits on an emotional one too. I give it an age rating of uh, 16 to 18 because it, like I said, it is a uh, pretty visceral movie and therefore it gets into things like injuries um, and I wouldn't say it's graphic or exploits it too much, but there are certainly moments that uh, I wouldn't say are for the faint of heart. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for this conversation, Benjamin. Thank you so much, Calista. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we are talking with some special guests from Mr. Iglesias Part 3, a Bennett Song Holiday, and we will be reviewing Netflix's Selena, Wild Mountain Time, and Inside Pixar. We just finished talking about Mosul, and next we are switching over to talk with Natalia about the new Netflix series, Selena. Why don't you tell me a little bit about this series? Of course. So, the Selena the Series is an American biographical drama-steaming television created by Moses Zamora, and that is a director and producer. 
And the cool thing about the series is it really gets into her early life. And unlike the movie, it did share a little bit about her early life. However, this goes a little more in-depth. And it tells the story of the Dijano singer Selena's rise to fame and the sacrifices she and her family had to take along the way. And I really enjoyed this film because you got to learn about each and every sibling a part of Selena y Los Dinos, which is the band name. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned that this is a bio- bi- uh, biography series. Um, how much did you know about the artist Selena uh, before watching this? I would have to say I was extremely familiar with Selena before watching this film. Um, around the days, or I am from a Mexican cultured family, so we would listen to Selena mm-hmm. almost every day, and it was just great music to listen to. And I watched the movie before watching Selena the series quite some time ago, and I haven't watched it very recently, but I still remember it thoroughly. And there are many similarities between the film, but there are also many differences. So it was really cool because I learned so much from that movie, and you get to learn something new from the series. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good to hear. Um... And I, I don't like saying this as a way to describe it when talking about biopics, but, like, how are the quote-unquote characters in this film? Well, one cool thing about each of these characters are they all are unique. And each of them, they are a pair of siblings, and there are some that are a part of Selena y Los Dinos, who aren't siblings. But it's really, really amazing to see how they, the Selena the series comes into each and every one of the siblings. So you get to learn about their life and their experiences and for example I wanted to share with you all something really um, amazing about one of the siblings which is the sister her name is Suzette Quintanilla who was played by Noemi Gonzalez and there was one moment in the scene where she felt very left out and one fan came up to her and she plays the drummer and this little girl told her she wanted to be a drummer when she grew up and it was the first time she's ever been encountered by a fan because selena was of course the main one a part of the group so it was really fascinating to see how she reacted to that because she's not used to being um surprised by fans who really want to be her but most of them want to grow up to be like selena so that moment was empowering and it was I mean, as a woman, she never got to experience that. So it was really amazing. Mm-hmm. And it does sound amazing. How was the acting in the series? It was amazing. And I know there was a lot of contradictal um, uh, reviews on this series. Um, many were oh. saying that some of the characters, such as Selena, didn't look like the real Selena. And she wasn't portraying the role as well. Um, but I feel like my expectations weren't subverted in any way. I felt that the film did a really good job. And one of my favorite parts about this film is the fact that I have a very close relationship and I'm thankful to have a relationship with Madison Baez, who starred as young Selena in Netflix's Selena the Series. It was fascinating to see her starring as someone well known. And she's an amazing person in real life and portrayed the role of young Selena extremely well. And I also enjoyed getting to see the growth in Selena and her siblings' career through each episode. Not only did you see their music career spiral into fame, but you see how they all change as people for the better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that does sound really good, especially, like, with the way you describe it. Who would you say was your favorite actor on this series? Ooh, now there was a lot of them. Mm. You know what? I'm going to have to go with 
first and foremost, Selena, who was played by Christian Serratos, because although many might say that she didn't look like Selena or she tried to copy Jennifer Lopez and didn't really portray the role of the actual Selena, I had to disagree strongly. I felt as if she portrayed it very, very well. She, although it might have, um, her similarities between Selena, like physical appearance, wasn't as close as Jennifer Lopez's. Her acting did an amazing job. And another one of my favorite characters had to be um, Madison Bias, who I just talked about. She played young Selena. If you hear her voice in the series, it is absolutely fascinating. Um, I've heard her sing many other songs, but this one, Selena has a, high, a lot of high notes and it's hard to reach those. And she's only my age, about 12 years old. So getting to hear her sing was just so inspiring, especially for me since I'm one of her peers. And you know, in my opinion, I definitely think people should prioritize the actual acting ability over the look. So I get what you mean when, you, when you're talking about that. Final question, what would uh, you give for this show's age rating and star rating? My age rating and star rating, first I'll start off with the age rating. I'll say about nine years old to 18 plus and adults can enjoy as well. The reasoning behind my age rating is because I know I'm 12 and I was able to thoroughly understand the series as well as the movie. And I know there are many young fans of Selena, even younger than me. So I was like, oh yeah, I definitely have to input nine years old in there because I know there are so many fans worldwide who love Selena. And of course, many adults can enjoy this as well who look up to Selena. And my star rating would have to be five out of five stars because Although there was many bad reviews, I felt I was one of the good ones. The music was absolutely amazing. And just the visual overall was key on point. And I have to say, this was an excellent series with heartwarming, inspiring moments. And a true fan of Selena will love the series. This is giving us a little more of her personal view of the family and home life. So I just have to say, some words to describe this film would be legendary, family-friendly, touching, gripping, intriguing. And lastly, I just want to say, I was truly able to relate to Selena because she is so filled with joy. And although her father was very strict about her real life, not interfering with her music life, I could see how she was always positive and she's truly an inspiration. And I just want to tell you all, it is a great ending to this first season. I am unsure if they will have season two, but I am positive we'll come back because they have so many fans out there. All right. Well, thank you so much for this interview, Natalia. Thank you. Let's take a break. I'm Calista Best from Los Angeles, California, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by PRX's Mic Drop. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.com. 
kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Calista Best from Los Angeles, California, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We have been talking about the films Mosul and the Netflix series Selena. And next up, we will be talking with Catherine about the film Wild Mountain Time. How are you doing today, Catherine? I'm doing good. How are you? I am also doing good. So uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about what this film is about? All right. So this movie follows the story of the farmer whose name is uh, Rosemary Muldoon. And so um, at a very young age, she was she had fallen in love with her neighbor, Anthony Riley. And so Anthony is just like he just ignores all of like everything of his admirer. And so his dad, Tony Riley, is not convinced that his son is capable of managing the family farm and then threatens to sell it to his American nephew named Adam. And so Anthony becomes determined to keep the farm. And then Rosemary finds herself in an unexpected love triangle between Anthony and Adam. (laughs) Well, um, sounds interesting. And uh, one thing that I uh, noticed was that this film is apparently an adaptation of a play. Um, how much do you know about this original play? Okay, so it's um, the director of this movie, John Patrick Shanley. Um, he wrote a play called Outside Mullinger, and it's it's based on his own Irish family. And so from what I can tell, it's very similar. Um, I kind of did some research. I watched some clips, and I was like, oh, yeah, this actually is, like, really similar. Like, it took some lines, like, for, I think the movie took some lines from the play, for sure. Mm. And, uh, you know, you mentioned that this is a romance film as it features the famous love triangle. Um, how do you think this film stands as a romance? So it's like a, okay, I'd say it's a romantic comedy almost. There's, like, a lot of subtle and clever humor but in the romantic thing okay so at the end I was like what I got out of it was like you know be open with others you know um and they'll understand and stuff because so the romance part of it was a little odd like I was just always it almost it wasn't annoying or anything but it's almost like it just gets on your nerve a little bit like that Anthony was ignoring Oh, Rosemary. I mean, Rosemary's, like, awesome. (laughs) So, like, uh, it it was like, oh, just come on, Anthony, come on. 
Uh, yeah, I understand that struggle very much. Just yeah, I, I think romance is kind of one of the harder uh, genres to write for. And this is exactly why, because it's a little bit, you know, when you try to make a conflict out of a romance, it can sometimes fall into the same trappings over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> but uh, on the bright side, though, you did mention that this was a comedy. So do you think it fares a little bit better in terms of the comedy department? uh well i'm not saying that it's a bad romance it's just like it's just like it gets it gets on your nerves sometimes oh, but yeah. like in, as in comedy yeah i mean i think it's it's a good comedy i mean it's not like considered like like a comedy that will go down in history but like you'll definitely get quite a few laughs out of it mm-hmm. well that's good at least i i wasn't implying that you said this was a bad comedy i'm just saying in terms of like how well it fares that like on either of these two levels. Um, so how are the characters in this film? So the characters obviously were based off of um, uh, the play, which was kind of based off of um, off of the director's life. But the characters in general, I really liked them. I mean, it was it was really nice to see that Rosemary was very like independent and fiery, but you know, also longing for, you know, a love. And then um, it was kind of funny to see um, Anthony as kind of an insecure, awkward person. And then also the dad, um, Tony, he was really Mm -hmm. clever. He was the one that I got a lot of laughs out of. Um, So I think that the character development was pretty good. Mm -hmm. Well, that's nice to hear. And so for the final question, uh, what would you give this film in terms of the age rating and star rating? So I give it a four out of five stars and I recommend it for ages uh, 14 to 18. Not because um, not because younger kids can't watch it, because I mean, obviously I did. I just think that younger people might not find it as as entertaining as maybe older teenagers and adults will. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much for this interview, Catherine. Of course. Thank you. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we are talking with some very special guests from Mr. Iglesias Part 3, a Bennett Song Holiday, and we will be reviewing Mosul and Netflix's Selena and also Wild Mountain Time and Inside Pixar. And we just finished talking to Catherine about Wild Mountain Time. And next we'll be switching over to talk about the documentary series Inside Pixar with Sonia Rain. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I am good as well. So uh, to start off, can you explain a little bit about what this documentary is? Okay, so basically Inside Pixar is basically a documentary series, um, basically behind the scenes or how the creators make certain movies or TV shows from Disney or Pixar. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, how well do you think this documentary did in terms of relaying that information? Oh, I think they did amazing. Like, so far, I've only watched two episodes, but um, I really love it. It's, like, really cool to see how, like, people make certain characters. Like, I don't know how to explain it. You would have to watch it, but it's just a really cool documentary, and they did really well. Mm -hmm. That's great to hear. And, um, you know, I myself am a very big fan of animation and I just, I love the whole, I love the process and I love everything revolving the, the art form. 
And so what did you think was the most interesting part about this documentary and about the creation process? Well, I thought that the most interesting part actually was like the art making because in episode two, um, we meet, well, like we're introduced to an artist who um, has done art for Toy Story, um, Soul, which is actually one of the movies that the first episode talks about. But mm -hmm. um, she explains how like art is created and how she gets her inspiration. And she, it's just really cool to, you know, like see how people come up with such amazing and funny and cute characters. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I do think that is something that's so interesting and unique about animation is that it's like there's a lot of different ways you can portray a character and, you know, all through the art of just like you just draw this character and, you know, it manages to connect to people. And I think that's something that's so just special to this art form. Mm -hmm. What was your what is what was probably your favorite thing that you learned from this documentary? Um, learning how they make like um, scripts and stuff because um, I actually learned that if someone wants to add in a new scene, they'll just like ask the director. They'll create the scene, and the director will look over it and then say, "Yeah, this is great. We'll add this in." Like that's just really cool. You can just come up with something and want to portray it in there and you have the opportunity to do so. Mm -hmm. And you know, what are some things that people, not just Pixar fans or animation fans in general, just people who are interested in this kind of industry, what do you think are some things that they could learn from the series? Well, they can definitely learn um, more about movie making. It definitely shows not just like how movies are made, but like, how they come to be like how they're made and like I don't know how to explain it it's just like it's like inside Pixar is like showing you what's going on inside your head like hopefully that's a better example it's like mm -hmm. for yeah, example cars like I'm trying to like give a better example like cars like what how they made the characters how they put the scenes together how they got the people, like, it's just everything, and it's it's mind-blowing. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I get that, because, like, I, I've said this before, but I just, I find this whole process and this whole world, I find it very interesting, and, you know, I think there's a lot of things that people don't really understand about, about this, uh, about this medium, and, you know, I think it's good to have like an easily an easily accessible way for people to sort of get a better understanding of that. And uh, so final question, what would you give this series in terms of its age rating and star rating? Um, I would definitely give this a five out of five stars. I love this show so much and I'm definitely going to continue watching the rest of the episodes. And I recommend it for ages maybe um, 10 to 18 and plus adults because younger kids probably wouldn't really understand what it's about and older kids would and it's really really cool mm -hmm. all right well thank you so much for this conversation thank you and let's take a break i'm calista best from los angeles california and you're listening to kids first coming attractions today's show is sponsored by prx's mic drop Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Calista Best from Los Angeles, California, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We have been talking about Inside Pixar, Wild Mountain Time, and the Netflix series Selena. And next up, we'll be listening to Sanaya Rain and Catherine interview Calhoun Koning from A Bennett Song Holiday. Hi, this is Catherine reporting for Kids First. Today, I am joined by one of my Kids First team members, Sanaya Rain. Hi. And we're so excited to interview the amazing Calhoun Koenig, who is the lead actress of the upcoming film, A Bennett Song Holiday. Calhoun Koenig came to the U.S. from northern China at the age of one and has lived in New York, Delaware, and Michigan. She's passionate about telling great stories, loves dystopian literature, art, and neurosciences. She's a singer, dancer, scuba diver, writer, painter, multimedia artist, and an accomplished pianist. So, Kalun Koenig, how does your character relate to you in real life? Um, I mean, I relate to Pearl in, in a lot of ways. I mean, the biggest one being that we're both adopted, um, and just both of us being Asian American, Asian American, and kind of how that will impact your life experiences. I feel like there are a lot of parallels between us. So, yeah. That's great. Yeah, you know, normally sometimes when, you know, you're in a movie, sometimes you really feel the character and how they are, especially when they're connected to you. So it's a little easier because mm -hmm. I am an actor myself. So it's, you know, oh, good to talk nice. to other actors. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and so this movie is a sequel to Bennett's song. So what was it like to reunite with the cast? Dude, it was, it was so good. Um, I mean, it being a family film, it's kind of implied that we're all like family, but it's like, this truly was a family in every, in every way. Um, so at first, honestly, I was a little nervous going back because the first film we bonded so much and it felt like such a pocket of perfection that I was scared that going back, it wouldn't feel the same. But stepping on set the first day, it was just like, it was just like old times, you know? So it was really fun. 
Well, I can't, I can't, I can't even imagine what it'd be like to just like, it's almost like it's like a family reunion. Oh, like, yeah, it's like exactly. one year. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really great. So um, my next question for you is what was your favorite motiv- motivational scene and why was it? Um, it was probably a scene between my character, Stephanie, and Stephanie's boyfriend, Robert. Um, I kind of come to her house for like a song breakdown. And it's basically a big standoff scene between me and Robert because Robert's pretty controlling and trying to get Stephanie out of the band. But um, I have this monologue about how, you know, people need the art and it it fuels people and inspires people to create and to come together. And I think that that's probably one of the most motivational ones for sure. Yeah, that's really beautiful. And I actually remember seeing that scene when you were talking about it. And I was just like, wow, like this movie is like, it has a really good message to it. So that's just really sweet how like that was one of your favorite scenes. Well, well yeah, and I, and I agree. Um, and speaking of messages, uh, what were some key messages that you hope people will take away from this movie? Um, I think the biggest one is, is that they see a family that's so diverse but they're just like any other family. Like, I feel like this film in particular, like every single kid comes from a different place from around the world. And it's, it's a combination of all these different cultures, but that doesn't change the way that they move throughout their daily life. Um, so just kind of normalizing the adopted family's experience, but also just sending a message of unity and the importance of the arts and that familiar bond kind of thing. Yeah, so to go back to your character, if you had the opportunity to change one thing about your character, what would you choose to change? Oof. Um, I mean, I kind of, I wish in some ways that Pearl opened up a little bit slower because at the beginning of the film, she's pretty to herself and she's very, not cynical, but she was not really enjoying the family bonding at first when the when they all come together but I feel like it was very she didn't like them but all of a sudden she loved them and I wish that we saw a bit more of that transformation type of thing yeah it's always good to kind of like let it go a little more naturally and stuff yeah you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. So today are, we are talking with some very special guests from Mr. Iglesias Part 3, and we will be reviewing Mosul, Netflix's Selena, Wild Mountain Time, and Inside Pixar. And let's get back to Sanaya Rain and Catherine's interview with Calhoun Koning from A Bennett Song Holiday. So, so. Can you, uh, so you were saying um, that you were adopted, uh, which is amazing. And so can you talk about what it means uh, to, for you to be a part of this film where a core part of your family identity is adoption and that's like an actual part of your life. I mean, I think it, it was really amazing in the way that I don't see really any film or television that really shows adoption for what it is um, in, in a positive way. That, that phrase has a negative connotation, but um, it's really cool because you know, throughout my daily life, I don't, I almost never see families that look like, like ours. Like my brother's from Guatemala. <laughs> my parents are from Kentucky and Indiana. So they're very white. Um, so we get a lot of weird looks walking down the street where it's like, oh, wait, like that's you. Those are your parents kind of thing. Um, and so 
being able to be in a character um, in such a diverse family kind of made me feel more at peace with my own situation because of how much Pearl was in love with her family. Which I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah. Yeah, and I can agree. I mean, my I mean, my dad looks like me, but my mom is really tan and nice yeah. and stuff like that. And then I, I hang out with my cousin a lot, and she looks nothing like me, so we all just mm -hmm. kind of, we look like we're like not related at all but somehow we are yeah. yeah yeah that's really sweet so again on the topic of adoption you played as an adopted character would you ever decide to adopt a child yes a hundred percent it's i say a lot that i have no idea what i'm doing with my life but the one thing i know i want to do is adopt the child at some point it's, you know, biological kids are a thing too, but it's just, you know, knowing how many kids out there that need homes, I, adoption is whew, top of the list for me, for sure. That is so beautiful. Like, that's really sweet. Like, I've always thought about it, you know, and it's really nice hearing that come from someone who actually has been adopted, so you get more of a closer look into it. Mm -hmm, for sure. Yeah, and it's kind of, I don't know, I'm just going to connect this to kind of a different subject, but it's like, it's kind of like even rescuing pets from like pet shelters or kill shelters, you know, because a lot of, it's kind of like that, but not quite. You know? yeah. No, no, I got you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so what was it like playing against such a mean character like Aiden? Terrifying. Because <laughs> the thing is, sometimes you would be like in character off screen too as like a joke, but I... I had met him like that day, so I couldn't tell what was a joke and what was like actually him. So I was like, wait, I don't know how to respond to this. But, um, you know, on screen, stressful. But, you know, once we got to know each other, he's, he's a very kind individual and very cool to work with. So, <laughs> Yeah, um, speaking of some cool things, in the movie, your character does seem to come across some parts of racism. So my question is, have you ever came across racism yourself? Uh, yeah, I definitely have. Uh, you know, you, when I was younger, uh, you got the classic, like, oh my gosh, like, how do you see, you know? Yeah. And there was a lot of jabs at the fact that I was adopted, where it's like, oh, your mother didn't want you, blah, 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 blah. Um, and I, I definitely did struggle for a while with a lot of internalized racism, where it was just like, I had a very difficult time accepting the fact that I was Chinese. But it's like, over experiences like discovering Pearl and going back to China. Like I've really, you know, come to accept myself in that way, so. That's really beautiful. You know, um, you know, as a black person in this community, a lot of times we are getting, you know, racism from all different types of corners, from different people. And, you know, it's really hard to deal with it. But, you know, once you kind of get used to it, you can just like brush it off and say, I know this is not true. This is not who I am. I am this person, and I like that. And so this film seems to kind of, you know, it, it really has just a very diverse cast and even ASL speakers, which is American Sign Language. And so I noticed that you use some ASL in some of your scenes as well. And so how and when did you learn ASL? Um, well, I mean, we used it a little bit in the first film as well, um, but a lot more in the second film. And I... I haven't studied it kind of independently, but we had really amazing uh, transla uh, translators that were there, um, or interpreters, sorry, wrong term, interpreters that were there. And they kind of sat down with me and were like, okay, you know, at these parts, this is, this is how you're going to say it kind of thing. But 
I know a handful of our cast members actually went off to really study ASL, and one of them is actually majoring in it now and wants to become um, an interpreter. So, yeah, it's definitely impacted a lot of people. Wow, that's a great, it's great how you get such a positive experience from all of this. I know it's, I'd, I'd think it'd be super cool to learn ASL. I'm like, whoa, that'd be so cool. Like I could, it'd be so cool. <laughs> yeah, um, I actually, yeah, it's actually really cool because I actually am learning ASL. Like I'm teaching it to myself. So, so far I know the ABCs and a few other things. So yeah, um, that's really cool. But I'm afraid that's all the time we have for today. Thanks for watching. Um, Thanks for coming with us, Kaun. And I'm Sinai Rinpoint for Kids First. Be sure to watch a Bennett Song Holiday. It's already available streaming video on demand and DVD. See you later. And I'm Catherine. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel so you don't miss our next interview or those of our awesome team members. Bye for now. Bye. And let's take a break. I'm Calista Best from Los Angeles, California, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by PRX's Mic Drop. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Calista Best from Los Angeles, California, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We have been talking about a Bennett song holiday, Inside Pixar, Wow Mountain Time, Mosul, and the Netflix series Serene, Selena. And next up, we will be listening to my interview with Gabriel Iglesias on Mr. Iglesias Part 3. Hi. Hey there. My name is Lista Best reporting for Kids First, age 17. And today I am talking with Gabriel Iglesias, one of the biggest comedians in all of America, who is now working on a Netflix original comedy, Mr. Iglesias, which is now on part three. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. I love your hat. Thank you. So, um, 
In my opinion, comedy is one of the hardest things to write for. I have tried writing comedy. It's very difficult for me. Um, how hard is it for you, and do you have any tips for writing comedy? Um, uh, anytime I, um, you know, I'm, I'm doing shows, it's, I, there's no sit-down writing process for me. Like, I can't sit with a you know, piece of paper and a pen and write down jokes. I, I've never had that ability. What I do is things that are bothering me, the more frustrated I am, the funnier for some reason things are on stage. So if I get into, a, let's say, an argument with my son or, or, or something bothered me throughout the day, I'll, I'll go on stage and I'll vent. I'll vent about it in, a, in an animated way. And if people laugh at certain things, I'll remember them or I'll record the show and I'll go back and watch, you know, watch the material and I'll take out what didn't work and then I'll add on top of whatever did until I have a, a full set. Hmm. So not only does it make for good comedy, but it's also a pretty good coping mechanism for like stress. Oh yeah. 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 The stage is definitely my therapy and where um, I, I get stuff off my chest to feel better about myself at the end of the day. <laughs> so in uh, Mr. Iglesias, the school uh, in the show is Woodrow Wilson high, which is a real school in Long Beach. And it's the school that you attended. So, you know, how does it feel to be back on campus in a way? Uh, you know, I, I thought it was pretty cool that the school was uh, willing to uh, allow us to use the name and the logos for a sizable donation. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the fact that it's a real school and people can drive by it because we use we use the, the you know the images from from the school. So uh, I've driven by and seen people taking pictures in front of it. <laughs> the school is right up the street from me. It's, it's literally down, down the, you know, right down the street from here. And uh, I, I just love that because a lot of times when you see TV shows, it's always a fake location. You know, people mm -hmm. are still looking for Gotham City. They're like, well, where is it? I know it's got to be around here somewhere. But the fact that they can, you know, relate to it, it's a real place. It's based on a real city. It's based on, you know, uh, my, my life going back to that school because there was a strong possibility that I was going to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. And um, was it always the plan to use Woodrow Wilson or was it just kind of like a, hey, this is this would be cool? Um, I, I like the fact that we're using real locations and again, real places. It just it gives it a little bit more to the show. You know, mm -hmm. so uh, if I can talk about make, making certain references to either like local spots, because, again, that's another thing, too. On the show, we actually use real real places like Roxanne's is a real place here in Long Beach. It's a real business. And uh, I love the fact that it gives attention to a real local business. And hopefully once everything, you know, we get past this, uh, it'll, you know, the business will do better and it'll become one of those like, hey, that's the spot. Yeah. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. And today we've been talking about a Bennett song holiday inside Pixar, Wild Mountain Time, Mosul, and the Netflix series Selena. And next up, we'll be getting back to my interview with Gabriel Iglesias on Mr. Iglesias Part 3. Um, what were some unique challenges that came with making a sitcom? Going from uh, being a stand-up comic to an actor's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a big shift. I'm used to being the writer, the director, the producer, executive producer, you know, uh, <laughs> all of those things when you're a stand-up comic. It's just you on that stage. But as an actor, you need to rely on other people to bounce off of. So, uh, you know, that, that, was, that took some adjusting. And then relying on someone else to write the material for you. Um, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I'm not part of the writer's room. 
I, I trust the writers to come up with, with, you know, the content, and then it's my job to deliver it. And there, there are certain times when I will make adjustments on certain words, or maybe we kind of tweak it a little bit. But, um, you know, at the end, it's a, it's a collaboration. So uh, relying on other people is probably the hardest thing. Mm-hmm. Were any of the students or teachers that are present in the show, were they based off of any real people in your high school days? Well, my, uh, my best friend on the show, his name's Tony. He's played by Jacob Vargas. There is a real Tony in my life uh, who I grew up with, who's still my friend, who I still see regularly. And, uh, you know, there's just a difference in about two feet in height. Uh, my my, my, my uh, real friend, Tony, uh, he's, he's like six foot something, and Jacob is not. So uh, <laughs> Jacob's a little bit shorter. So but uh, it's based on, on that character. And... Um, you know, there's other people on the show that, you know, have certain, um, they've been inspired by certain people, but I didn't use real names. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for this interview, Mr. Iglesias. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I hope everybody enjoys the show. Check it out. And uh, if you don't like it, there's always Selena. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming attractions to watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First Film Critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org, and be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press for Kids, kidsworlds.com, and Kidsville News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by PRX's Mic Drop. I'm Calista Best from Los Angeles, California, and reporting. I'm reporting for Kids First. Bye-bye! Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode, and tune in again next week.